Mark Pudlasley is an investment specialist who helps indigenous communities benefit from infrastructure and mining projects developed near them. He spoke with Merrick Hoban, a mediator with the Consensus Building Institute, about trust building in challenging situations. I'm from an indigenous community in south-central British Columbia, and we are the Intlakatmuk. Our traditional territory extends into Washington state, so we are on both sides of the border. A lot of the work I do right now is with communities grappling with resource development, extraction industries on mining or pipelines, hydroelectric facilities. And in our communities, we have had situations that a lot of Indigenous communities worldwide have had. We have been under colonial rule, and a lot of the decisions that have been made in our land have been made elsewhere, usually in capitals or in business centers around the world. Mm. And as we move into the 21st century and we have this new understanding of what people are expecting from development from their communities, the United Nations Declaration of the Rights of Indigenous People has come into effect. So there's a question now about what do we want to do as Indigenous peoples, as partners, no longer as subjects of governments and companies. A lot of the questions that come up are a blend of ancient traditions and of understanding what community means and of worldviews that are sometimes in conflict with a modern society. So tell me, what do you do? What I do is help diverse parties to have more constructive conversations, dialogues, in ways that help address their underlying concerns and differences. And those concerns and differences, for my work, are often taking place in the context of very challenging development projects. For example, a project in Honduras where there were accusations of deep and difficult human rights violation, lack of security, impacts on the environment, and I got asked to come in into a very lawless place and try and figure out what's going on. Is there a space for a constructive conversation between this company that had been accused and the communities that felt impacted? So when you go into these situations, they're generally overseas. You're finding yourself in a situation then going into a potentially mm -hmm. hostile environment. Mm -hmm. How do you open up the conversation at that point? Right. So the work is not exclusively, but a lot within Latin America, because I speak uh, Spanish fluently. I'm married to a Costa Rican. We met in Costa Rica in uh, the early 90s. Uh, and that, in many ways, just sort of uh, sensitized me to cultural differences, if you will. In fact, I should just say as a quick anecdote, my wife asked me when we were dating early to go to her house for Christmas Day in Costa Rica. I said, terrific, I'll be there. Never thinking to ask which day she meant. Because as it turns out in Latin America, when you say, come spend Christmas with me, La Navidad, it means the evening or the day of the 24th. So what happened was the day went by, she was waiting for me to show up at her house, and I never show up because I'm thinking it's tomorrow. I get a phone call that night from her, and she's like, ¿Qué le pasa? You know, what's happening? And I'm like, what do you mean? I'm coming tomorrow. She's like, it's freaking Christmas in Latin America. And like, conquistador que no sabe nada, que how could it be that you don't know this? Like, you are so culturally insensitive. There really is no way for me to explain how I could get that wrong. I'm living in her country. And I think oftentimes that happens in these contexts where, you know, we come into new places and whether you're a company or you're some other key actor and you're asking for something of a community or you've had an impact and you don't demonstrate deep acknowledgement, understanding, simply that you've done your homework, so to speak, that you know when Christmas is. You ask me what happens when I come into communities. 
And the key is that, A, I've done my due diligence. I know something about where they are and what they care about. And I begin there. I begin by telling them that I don't necessarily have the answers, but I do have a deep bias. And that bias is for fair, informed, and hopefully wise conversations. And I want to help them do that. I want to help them to be heard. I want to help translate those core issues and concerns. And I want to help them find a place of agency in problem solving. I may not be able to do it. I am not a magician, but I am there. And I am trying to name that. And I'm trying to do that with them, not for them. Having thought about the practicalities, if you will, of dealing with impact, positive and negative, if I were in their shoes, I wouldn't want this being solved like a math problem. I would want this being solved through a conversation. Give me the right information, make it credible, but don't talk to me like this is a formula, because it's not. Any lesson you take away from your own work so far? I do see hope in this. Uh, the work that I'm doing at the moment is at the crossroads between where I think a lot of the world challenges are going, the big issues on this planet on climate change or in terms of water shortages are going to take a lot of creative listening and attempts to find some way to meet all parties mm. somewhere. I have the same question for you. You have to learn. You have to be thoughtful. I think you have to be wise about where you put your energy and your effort. It's like, where do you plant? Where do you put the sun, the soil, the water that's going to help a seed of engagement grow in a constructive way? Not all conditions are appropriate, and particularly as the years wear on, I guess, for both of us, right? I got a couple of gray hairs coming at this point for sure. I don't have limitless energy. I need to think wisely about that and then translate that wisdom in some way, shape, or form to others. Thank you.